On October 3rd, he asked me what day it was. It's October 3rd. Glen Coco? Fall for you, Glen Coco. You go, Glen Coco. That is so fetch. Gretchen, stop trying to make fetch happen. It's not going to happen. You're like really pretty. Thank you. So you agree? What? You think you're really pretty. See, this is the color I want. This is Damien. He's almost too gay to function. You want to do something fun? You want to go to Taco Bell? I can't go to Taco Bell. I'm on an all-carb diet. God, Karen, you are so stupid. He's your cousin. Yeah, but he's my first cousin. Right. So you have your cousins, and then you have your first cousins, and then you have your second cousins. No, honey. Mm -mm. That's not right, is it? Hey, get out of here. Oh my God, Danny DeVito, I love your work. So that's against the rules, and you can't sit with us. Whatever. Those rules aren't real. They were real that day I wore a vest. Because that vest was disgusting. You can't sit with us! It's like I have ESPN or something. My breasts can always tell when it's gonna rain. Hey, guess what can bring me down? Don't you bring me down? On Wednesdays, we wear pink. You know what? It's not my fault you're like in love with me or something. What? Oh no, she did not. There are no rules in this house. I'm not like a regular mom. I'm a cool mom. <laughs> right, Regina? Why should Caesar get to stomp around like a giant while the rest of us try not to get smushed under his big feet? What's so great about Caesar? Brutus is just as cute as Caesar. Okay, Brutus is just as smart as Caesar. People totally like Brutus just as much as they like Caesar. And when did it become okay for one person to be the boss of everybody, huh? Because that's not what Rome is about. We should totally just stab Caesar! And I want my pink shirt back! I want my pink shirt back! Hi, this is Karen Smith. It's 68 degrees, and there's a 30% chance that it's already raining. That's Karen Smith. She is one of the dumbest girls you will ever meet. Damien sat next to her in English last year. She asked me how to spell orange. <laughs> and that little one? That's Gretchen Wieners. She's totally rich because her dad invented toaster strudel. Gretchen Wieners knows everybody's business. She knows everything about everyone. That's why her hair is so big. It's full of secrets. Hey, hey, um, what's happening? And evil takes a human form in Regina George. I'll be fooled, because she may seem like your typical selfish, backstabbing, slut-faced hoe-bag, but in reality, she is so much more than that. She's the Queen Bee, the star. Those other two are just her little workers. Regina George. How do I even begin to explain Regina George? Regina George is flawless. She has two Fendi purses and a silver Lexus. I hear her hair is insured for $10,000. I hear she does car commercials in Japan. Her favorite movie is Varsity Blues. One time she met John Stamos on a plane and he told her she was pretty. One time she punched me in the face. It was awesome. Hello and welcome to The Ravens, a movie and TV show podcast. I'm Simon. I'm Dom. And I'm Lauren. And tonight's movie for debate is Mean Girls. So hello and welcome to The Ravens, a movie and TV show podcast where it's always 10.30 at night, so it's time to grab the snacks from the sweet cupboard, move on upstairs and settle in as tonight's movie for debate is Mean Girls, Dom and Lauren. We are here. How are you, Dom? I'm good, thank you. I'm 
happy to be here and ready to talk Mean Girls. How are Excellent. you? Can't wait to hear what your thoughts are. I am very well, thank you. Lauren, how are you? I'm great. I'm so excited to be on. I love uh, talking with you guys and podcasting. As as do we, also to you and each other and podcasts. So let's well let's give some some history to this. So this is your choice, Lauren. Um, so let's start with you and and work our way around the the theoretical Zoom circle here. What is your history with Mean Girls? Can you remember the first time you watched it? And you know why. Does it hold that special place or at least enough of a place for you to select it for us to debate on the podcast this evening? Yeah, I'm actually, I'm not a huge movie person. I'm more on TV shows. Um, It's just hard for me to sit down and watch, you know, a two hour movie um, with my attention span. But I do like this movie. So if I like a movie, I like it and I'm all in. So um, my history with this movie is I saw it came out in 2004. Um, I don't remember going to see it at the movie theaters. I was in college then, so probably didn't have a lot of time or money to do that. Um, but I know it's been on TV a lot. And every time it's on, I sit down and watch it. Um, and it's just so quotable. And um, I mean, it's just such a good movie. And, and yeah, don't compare it to things that have won, you know, Academy Awards and things like that. <laughs> um, I mean, it's just, it's very relatable for a female, um, you know, being in high school and it's just girls are so critical of each other and of themselves. And I think the message is good. So I've always been drawn to that, but the, the one-liners are so good. And it's just like a, it's like a cult classic, I think of kind of our generation. Great. And Dom, your history, your memory, your connection to Mean Girls. Uh, (laughs) I have zero history to this film. In fact, yesterday was the first time I've ever watched it. There we Um, go. I've seen bits and people parody it and people playing on it like the I'm a cool mom thing. I've seen that a few times. And I remember... Being in school and people saying, you go Glen Coco and me having no idea what the hell they were talking about until someone a few years later explained that it's in a film called Mean Girls. And I was like, oh, okay, I've never seen it. And I still had never seen it until yesterday. So I'm very new to this film. Um, yeah, it's different. It's not one I would pick, but I'm certainly happy to talk about it. <laughs> what about you, Simon? Wow. So interested to hear to hear your perspective as a first time <laughs> viewer, which is, you know, typical for this podcast that you would be the first time viewer. It's a shame that we didn't do a watch along for it to get your initial reactions. Gosh. Well, my history. So I I saw it when it came out. I don't think in in the cinema, but I, I, I knew of it. I was drawn to it because of Lindsay Lohan. Now, I think believe that we're the same age i think Lindsay lohan is is our same age maybe she's one year older than you and i, I Dom. she is a year older than we are right okay but so we kind of we grew up in the same trajectory you know time moved in the same place for us and i remember liking her from like parent 
parent trap. I was going to call it parenthood, parent trap. Uh, and then sort of following her through into like Freaky Friday. Um, I think I might have even watched the Herbie movie. Is it Herbie? <laughs> it was Herbie. Herbie Lovebug, right? Yes, the car and all of that. Uh, but particularly Parent Trap, I really enjoyed that. That might be a fun one to revisit at some point. Um, have you seen it, Dom? Uh, yeah, both versions. Right, because, yeah, it's a remake <laughs> of the... Uh, you've seen it, Lauren? Mm-hmm, yeah. Because I actually also remember watching like a behind the scenes like featurette on it when Parent Trap came out because they were making a big deal out of the fact that obviously Lindsay Lohan isn't a twin and that she was filming both parts and I think and they were using the technology of having her in the in the frame twice and, and all of that sort of stuff. So I liked her from then, and uh, I think at this point in like teenage times, I like definitely had a crush on her. So um, you know, was interested in this movie, and I remember realizing that it wasn't what I thought it was going to be. Like from just like the cover of it, I don't think I'd seen a trailer. It was just I thought it was going to be a typical kind of high school movie, and though yes, it has some of those traits in it, but it is kind of doing it from an elevated perspective in having some sort of uh self-deprecating humor to it i guess in some in some regards while i will say i'm watching it now there were some points where uh some of the jokes were they hit the ear you know and was like oh oh i don't know i don't know about that like that wouldn't fly and this is only less than 20 years ago so it's it's crazy how quickly in a good way that there's been you know progressive stances there was like some homophobia in there some racism in there and things that was like oh okay um but there are other parts as well that i thought oh you know the, the these parts i'm getting into evaluating let's leave that for a minute the the history was i i remember thinking that this was this was a good film and better than the normal kind of high school movie um and it kind of, I don't know if this is true, but it kind of put, uh, blanking on her name, Regina, what's her name in real life? Oh, Rachel McAdams. Yeah, it kind of put Rachel McAdams on the map, right? Mm. So, yeah. Interested to revisit, interested to talk about it. So let's talk about it. I, I think maybe, the be- maybe one of the best ways to do it is, and Dom and I just did this for... Well, we've done this for the last few movies that we've done. Well, Dom will give us his synopsis of the movie as a whole, and then we will go character by character in depth so that we can talk about all of the aspects. But anyone that's listening, we assume that you've already seen the movie, so you don't need the play-by-play, scene-by-scene. But Dom will give his perfect Dom synopsis of the whole movie, and then we'll go through it character by character. Sound okay, Dom? I realise I've actually put in a bit of pressure on you because you've only seen it once. But we'll fill in the blanks if you get stuck. It's it's a lot of pressure, but I'll do my best. So we have Lindsay Lohan, who plays uh, Katie, I think. Not KT, but KD, mm-hmm. um, who has lived in Africa pretty much all her life. Both her parents do something there. I can't remember. Some sort of biologists. I, I'm not sure. Um, and they move back to the states eventually she's homeschooled and all sorts but eventually gets to go to high school or is sent to high school because you know they're they're back in the states and 
back to sort of normal routines and life but it's it's not normal for her it's not a situation that she's ever uh, been in before so she doesn't really understand how high schools work so as she as she's kind of walking up to to high school you see the kind of typical stereotypical um Clicks. kind of se- separations of groups and cliques and things yeah exactly so you see like the sports groups the uh, chess club groups the geeky groups this group that group that group and they're kind of explained out as as things go on in the film and then you have your like little separate people with like that don't quite fit in with anyone um and she's trying to kind of find her way gets to the school goes to her first lesson um which is Tina Tina Fey's her teacher hits her coffee spills all over her any excuse for Tina Fey to take a top off is what I would say um, <laughs> it seemed a bit random that bit um, but fair enough and uh, she's just kind of figuring out high school and then she's guided by uh, a couple of other students that she befriends it was also Tina Fey wrote the movie hmm, she I did. noticed in the credits just to add in there's yeah, a lot saw, of Saturday Night Live people. Yeah, I guess it's, it, it, like I saw that Tina Fey had written it, and then I think like there's appearances from people, isn't there? That, that Amy Poehler and um, uh, yeah. who was the principal? Oh, he's so great. That is the guy from the office. That's the baby bat, baby bat, baby bat. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, Tim Meadows is his name. Yeah, Tim Meadows. Yeah. That's it. He's great. Um, but, yeah. So. Um, Katie's kind of figuring things out she's got her two friends uh, their names escape me so I do apologise to the experts in the room Jan- Janice um, is one isn't it mm-hmm. yep and then I, I can't remember the other Damien. guy's name Damien, oh, Damien. there yes. we go Yes. Uh, and they basically explain the kind of hierarchical, hierarchical society that high school is what all the different groups are uh, and and so on and so forth, and then the 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 girls that that appear, which you know uh, we talked about Rachel McAdams, who's Regina, uh, is it Karen and Gretchen? Are they the other ones, the the plastics, yeah, the plastics. Just give um, us who, Karen. Just give us one Karen there. Karen, <laughs> <laughs> I haven't done that for a while. <laughs> you have you haven't done that for a while and also how do we not have that on a shirt though i guess actually to anyone that's unbeknown karen holds a different meaning now doesn't <laughs> it Hold- <laughs> but uh we've had a lot of comment i just wanted to add in when we're talking about the plastics uh for you in particular don we had a lot of comments from people that are excited about us covering this movie mm-hmm. so great choice lauren i think it obviously fits very well into <laughs> our demographic audience of uh, crossover genre, I guess, from from One Tree Hill. And someone in particular, I think they messaged me about it and said, well, Dom basically is a plastic, so it'll be great to hear his perspective. What? What does that even mean? Because you're a mean girl. They're like, (laughs) Dom is a mean girl. Dare they? Who was this? I think it was Maureen, was it? Right kick her out of everything she's unex- <laughs> that's harsh i, I think that's she very meant, harsh. i think she meant it because you know you uh a perfectly dis- per- yeah you're perfectly <laughs> disgruntled you know 
<laughs> I have a book and it has everybody's picture in it. Oh my god, the burn <laughs> I, book. I've, I've written horrible things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly yeah. That. I'm pushing drugs, all kinds of things. All kinds of derogatory things is written about me in that book. <laughs> Saving it up over the years. Thinks but he's yes. a trouser hound. <laughs> Rick Clark is the trouser hound. <laughs> Hot on the tail. But yeah, sorry. Continue with your wonderful synopsis. Um, the the plastics kind of enter. They're described and uh, they're basically horrible. Uh, just horrible people. Very unaccepting. But they they try to take Katie under their wing a little bit under their leadership. Um, and the, there's just a lot of silliness. Like the they have phone calls and. Um, they don't realize that it's like a three-way phone call and one person's like, did you hear what this person said about you? And then they say something back and that person hears them on the line and um, it's all a little bit bitchy, clicky, kind of cause trouble with each other and, and so on and so forth. But um, as as things progress, Katie kind of falls in love um, uh, with her sort of main interest. Is it is it Aaron? Aaron? Mm-hmm. Um, and... She's the ex-boyfriend of Regina. what's her face, Regina, Regina, and I'm very bad with the names, so this is very difficult. And um, yeah, it's, it's all a bit taboo. Like you can't go out with him because that's against the rules. They have very like specific rules. Pink on Wednesdays. Can't wear. Wait, let me see if I can get. This. You can't wear jeans on a. You can only wear jeans on a Friday, or is it like trackies as well? Pants, yeah. Sweatpants, yeah. So you can ponytail only wear them on a once, ponytail once a week. Once a week. I guess you've used yours for this yeah. week. Um, that's it. I've forgotten the rest. I, that's kind of all I've got. Um, but yes, and eventually uh, uh, Katie falls into this group. And uh, uh, the, the main mission is to spy on them, see what's going on, figure out like why they became so so cruel and mean and expose them for what they are um, because everybody thinks they're wonderful and the, the sun shines out of their asses, but they're horrendous people really. So it's about exposing them, uh, picking up on all their faults and, and sharing it with the school, like get that burn book and share that with everyone. Um, but it backfires. Katie ends up becoming really deeply involved in, in their kind of lifestyle and their way of life and obsessed with it. Uh, and it eats away at her and she gets deeper and deeper into that. Uh, kind of mode that even her parents are like who is this girl but I think it's kind of like a reflection of people hitting sort of teenage years and changing and and so on and so forth so Mm. I think that's pretty much it the end of the film it's a bit bizarre there's a couple of buses involved but um, (laughs) it's a bit it was a bit unexpected I will say I did not expect to see that happen Um, but yeah fair enough and Katie is kind of restored uh, back to normal as a uh, a nice person, not a plastic. Well, that was a great synopsis, and let let's uh, let's work our way through the characters so we can talk more in depth, and then we can talk about the ending as kind of like a separate part, maybe because there is quite a bit to unpack there. But I thought you hit all of the bases. We we've been set up for it. But Lauren, let's can I start by asking? Is it really this segregated in high school into these uh, into these different groups? Is this like a really a, a, a maybe maybe not so much now, but in like the early two thousands? Is this any kind of reflection of reality? Um, 
I mean, maybe not so stereotypical. You know, they had like each lunch table was a, a different group. Um, I don't feel like it was that segmented, but you kind of knew your role. Um, you know, I played sports and I was smart, so I didn't, you know, I wasn't a nerd and I wasn't a jock either. Um, I mean, so my experience, I, you know, I wasn't, it, it's not as segmented, I think, at least in my experience where I, where I went to high school. Um, you know, of course, all the, the burnouts stay together because they're all going to smoke weed together. And, <laughs> um, you know, the thing I do find interesting now is that I, there's people who would have never interacted in high school. Like I, I think about this popular guy. And now he's married to a girl who she wasn't a nerd. She was just kind of one of the middle tiers, right? Like average looking, average smartness, athletic ability, that kind of stuff. Um, and he would have never, you know, given her the time of day in high school, but now they're married and they have kids. So and I guess that, no that... to your question <laughs> well, I guess, but i guess that also speaks to how people change because mm-hmm. i think you know when you bump into someone from well i'm going to speak from my perspective when you bump into someone that you haven't seen safe since high school for me there's always an instant fear like say if it's in a supermarket or something my instant reflex is to just dart into another aisle and just run away right so you don't have the interaction and i believe that that's a lot of people's um kind of approach to the fight or flight kind of thing not that there's a fight but you know to just go away unless you were like i don't know maybe that's for me as someone that was a bit in the shadows in that in that age right but i think what a lot what it is for a lot of people is that you think that that person just has this image of you as when you were 15 16 whatever because they haven't seen you go through the evolutions as a person and grow up and become whoever you've become right because this literally is one little isolated period of your life which is very formative awkward you're kind of working yourself out you get and and we'll talk about it i guess but you move through different phases and groups and it's all very fluid uh but i think that we think that in that other person's mind, they still think of you as however they remembered you in high school. But that obviously isn't who you are anymore. I mean, what what do you think, Dom? I and mean, when you see someone, bump into someone you haven't seen for many years, are you trying to hide behind a magazine in the magazine aisle? Or are you typical Dom fashion? I don't give a fuck, bollocks out, just walking around. <laughs> It's not quite like that, but um, yeah, I, I, I play the avoidance game. The, the thing is, I, I, I used to do it because I was more, um, it was, I was like more embarrassed about what I was doing in my life. So like mm. when people, when you kind of find out what people are, are like doing for work these days and stuff like that, and I was still working for Sainsbury's and had been for, you know, years and years, I was just like, I don't want to bump into someone and be like, oh yeah, I still work for them and stuff. So I wanted to avoid it. Um, but now I don't go anywhere because I work from home, so I don't have to worry about that. So <laughs> it's, it's, uh, I've I've got the best of both worlds now. But Simon, your point about everybody, you know, perhaps these people thinking that thinking of you in the same way they thought of you in high school. Do you think that's true with social media anymore? 
Well, that's true. If you're friends with these people and they could, you know, keep up. Well, that's 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 true. And then you get into the weird dichotomy of someone knows about your life or you know about somebody else's life, but you actually haven't spoken to them in years. And then you bump into them and you're like, oh, I know that you're quite well, that you have a good tan at the moment. Because I just what I just looked at all your holiday pictures from, <laughs> you know, a couple of weeks ago. How was the flight? Was it all right? You said it was a bit <laughs> bumpy, but it was okay in the like you kind of know all this mm-hmm. i mean i don't i don't use social media like that like my social media literally is just podcast stuff like i don't have i have like a couple people on there that are like my actual like my my phone my like personal phone i have a 10 numbers in there like 10 um no. i'm yeah either people hate me or <laughs> i'm very introverted but i don't like selective selective yeah i think i like to put it more that way um but partly because of that reason is i don't like people to have access to my life but i also don't want to have access to other people's lives either like i think there was we were lucky in our generation that social media didn't exist so when you left school you left so many people that you just didn't see again and i think that's natural and you keep some that are your people's and then you move through and as you move through life you lose some you gain new ones and or like me and dom you reconnect with with old friends and reform and have a new friendship that has a shared history but was also forging a new way um i think it's a natural part of life to to let people go and for people to let go of you as well and i think social media distorts that where now you can keep up to date with 500 people and I don't think that's natural. I think it's better the other way where you move through. But but then I think you do get that image of, so now if I bump into someone, they, from 20 years ago, they I think in their head, they're going to still think of me as this shy kind of introverted person on the side. And though that still is true to some respects, but a lot of it is just in your own head. Like you're putting you're projecting that image onto somebody else that probably hasn't even thought about you in 20 years Mm -hmm. and if they see you now they're probably just seeing you as the person you are stood in front of them Mm -hmm. so a lot of it is just internal insecurities and overthinking and overanalyzing because when i do bump into people i got this isn't to like try and make myself sound good or anything but there's this one time i bumped into someone and i was at a shop and my dad was actually with me and I was just in in line at the checkout, and this woman behind me was just like, "Oh, Simon," and I was like, "Yeah," I, and I didn't recognize her. And she said, "Oh, my name is X. We went to school together." And I was like, "Oh, yeah, hi." And she said, um, "And she said, I had a really tough time in school, uh, and you were one of the only few people that was nice to me." Yeah. And it was such a nice moment. I didn't remember any of it. It was also nice because my dad was there. So it was like <laughs> kind of like gratifying because I also, you know, have my fair share of not doing, of, of being lost, let's say, <laughs> as a teenager. Um, so it's like actually sometimes people remember you in better ways than you can remember as well. So it goes both ways. Um, so maybe it's better to just wave to people and say, hey, how are you doing? And just keep moving. And if they want to talk, it's probably usually positive. Or if not, it was 20 years ago. It's all good. I know. What What do you think, Lauren? If you were walking through the supermarket and you saw someone from high school, are you avoiding or are you saying, hey, how are you, how are you doing? 
Um, I am, I'm probably not avoiding. I'm probably, if they say hi, they might not even say hi. And if they don't, I'm not, <laughs> unless okay. I was, you know, friends with them. Um, but I'm not going to really stop and have a conversation. But the situation you just described reminded me of that scene. And I think it's Billy Madison where <laughs> he calls that one guy who has the hit list. Oh, yeah. <laughs> He's like, hey, I was really, I'm sorry that I was so awful to you. And he's like, no, 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 no problem at all. And he crosses his name off the like list of people to kill. And then he puts on that <laughs> lipstick. <laughs> yeah. The Steve, Steve Buscemi is so good. It's, it's so, so good. good. <laughs> I've been on, I've been on that as well, where I've like, I mean, had weird experiences with it of like reaching out to people and being like, yeah, I'm really sorry about that. Um, but it's an odd one because sometimes it's like, are you bringing up something that someone forgot? And so you're actually making it present or yeah. you're actually giving someone some closure over it. Um, and I feel like I probably had both sides of the coin. Um, and I think now it's better to just leave things where they were. Um, and if someone, I don't know, social media is a weird, is a weird thing. Lots of learning curves. Um, mm -hmm. but I think we also just have to realize that the good and the bad, that people are going through formative years and people make mistakes. They do good things. They do bad things. And hopefully we grow and evolve into, you know, well-balanced people. And I think that's kind of what this movie is trying to illustrate, right? Is that you make mistakes. If you own up to them or can be accountable to them, then, you know, it happens to us all and we can move on. Mm -hmm. uh, the bit, A bit about the groups that hit me different this time was, it was things like just the, instead of it being like, oh, there's the nerd group, it was like, there's the Asian nerd group. Like it was mm -hmm. like specific to yeah. like race. And it's like, I don't, that didn't feel right or sound right. Um, but I guess we also have to appreciate that it would probably be made differently today. Um, the gay slander, like I, I don't like the word yeah. at all. It's just so ugly to me. Mm. Um, right. You know, and that's yeah. just used rampant throughout the... <laughs> the movie yeah and i mean and there's a lot of that right is that um the sort of quote-unquote sort of gay shaming right and rumors about that kind of thing because that's what janice is whole vendetta is against regina right is that regina had started a rumor that she was a lesbian when they were younger and and that you know in the as in these days and hopefully it's not the case now but that is like a big deal of people being mm -hmm. Uh, like outcasted or people being mean and homophobic and yeah what dom can i ask you if you were to say 17 year old dom that's like high school age right what stereotypical group and let's take like race out of it let's just pretend it was just like the nerd table the whatever table what group do you think you would have been in i just come into my mind which group i think you would have been in but yeah what group do you think you would have been in what group do you think i would have been in <laughs> like if there was like a performing arts group like a <laughs> like a theater group you know that kind of group i think you would have been in with that uh maybe you're uh, acting do you know what? i i really i i'm sort of a bit of anomaly sometimes because i i enjoyed secondary school uh, i liked it i liked going to school and being there, of course, there were shit days and shit times and stuff and things you do, stupid things you do as a teenager and all sorts, you know, that's part of growing up and part of life. But um, overall, I actually enjoyed going to school. I, 
I don't really know. Like, I suppose, yeah, a bit dramery, bit silly, kind of trying to make people laugh, like be a bit comedy kind of little group, perhaps, if that existed. Um, but like the girl that married the uh, popular guy at Lauren's school, it's just kind of like middle of the pack, really. Just kept my head down, did my time. <laughs> <laughs> and that was it, yeah. So... Yeah, that's that's where I sort of sat. Well, what like about you? Wow, well, let's go to let's go to Lauren. Lauren, where? Well, you said you kind of sat in, in sort of in between groups. Yeah, I, I felt like I was kind of in the the middle. Um, yeah, I didn't feel like I was an outcast. I didn't. I definitely wasn't popular. Um, I mean, that's my perception. Maybe I'm totally off. If anyone from my high school is listening, then maybe they can write in. <laughs> I, I have no doubt we'll be inundated with people saying how wonderful you were. Uh, well, I, I hope so, but I'm at a doctor's appointment right now, so I want to judge. <laughs> we'll let the doctor make that decision. I think sometimes when you're in like an institution the way you start can sometimes it's hard to change so like when you do change or go to university go to college or whatever it's easier to be like oh fresh start i can change those groupings right and i think that's quite a famous thing where people say who you were in high school doesn't mean that's who you are in life or who you are in college or who you are at work like you can be the you know the the captain of your own ship so to speak when you when you sort of leave high school i think the good thing about university is that for the most part like specifically over here you do one subject so the people that you're doing that one subject with are usually like-minded people so that becomes your group you're in a group of like-minded people so it doesn't really matter where you sit in the in the hierarchy and that it's just because you're all you're all doing the same thing so like you said i would be a drama-y performance-y kind of person that's what i did at university so we all were <laughs> so it didn't really matter um where i was within that so yeah th there's definitely a a difference and a shift in gear um and th and I, I think like the further back in time we go like we look at when this was made and we look at before that we look at films like clueless this is kind of like uh, there, there's elements of clueless isn't there but it's but it's taken to that 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 next degree that 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 kind of almost extremism of of these plastics um which i think is the point um but we've got that kind of same element of popularity but they're not nice with it whereas in clueless they're like popular and try and be nice with it but you, you know you do, you do you see what i mean about the comparison mm. there absolutely yeah there there was a few things in some of the in where I thought, oh, this kind of reminds me of a bit of like 10 things I hate about you. Oh, this kind yeah. of reminds me a bit of like she's all that. And like they there's kind of little bits of crossover. But I would say that Mean Girls feels like it is also its own thing and has some of its own kind of originalities to it. Um, but let, let's talk about that a little bit. So let's talk about Lindsay Lohan and her character because she's, you know, central and our main our main character. What I felt after watching it, in I watched it two days ago, so in in the time, no preceding as before. What's the word I'm looking for, Dom? In the time after. Yes, the time after <laughs> the time <laughs> post 
watching was uh, I felt sad for Lindsay Lohan because we kind of all know what happened after this, right? In real life, she kind of fell off and I think had struggles with alcohol and drugs and I, I mean I don't know all the intricacies of it but I think she had an issue with like her parents or something was there there was something like that going on and uh, she I mean she kind of made a comeback last year in the Netflix Christmas movie that I think was successful like it was like a made for Netflix like it wasn't like high budget or anything but I think it like did really well in uh, the viewership of it and I think she's like happy now and sober and she's married and I think she lives in in Dubai maybe and it seems for all extensive purposes as far as we know she seems happy and doing well and healthy and whatever but there is that there's quite a long period where I think she was unhappy so it's kind of sad because she's really talented um and is now uh, I'm sure but you know, like she was really like a star on the rise and maybe could have fit in that kind of, uh, I don't know, like Emma Stone, Julia Roberts, just naming other people with red hair, aren't I? Uh, <laughs> I don't know, Margot Robbie, like all kinds of, you know, like the the A-list leading, leading lady, leading person, and it kind of went left probably due to the pressure of you know the paparazzi and the media and and all of that kind of stuff i mean what how did how did you guys feel any of that or maybe you weren't tracking her outside career as much i wonder how old she was when she did that because you know you think about like emma stone i mean she seems older in a lot of her movies i don't know i mean you know they say these childhood actors that's kind of they fall into these patterns of addiction and substance abuse and things like that. Um, so yeah, I'm interested to know how old she was when she was in it. If it was 2004 and she's a year older than us, then she would she, have been 18. 18. Okay. So maybe 17 when shooting it, 18 when it was released, something like that. So not yeah. so probably appropriate to the age she was playing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was it like straight after this she had problems? I, I I'm not familiar. Pretty I, close. I know I know she had problems and stuff, but pretty close. Pretty close after this. Um, okay. I remember renting because I used to work at Blockbuster when I was a student, right? And so in um, I remember at uni, uh, there was like, oh, there's a new like Lindsay Lohan movie coming out, and in in this one, it's like she's shedding her Disney image and she's like playing like a detective that's also like a stripper or something like that. And it's like, okay, well, I've got to check this out. Um, and I remember it like in the first two minutes, it's like, oh no, like feeling sad for her. Like, oh no, this is terrible. Um, like the movie was bad. Like it was shot bad. It was like a B movie. Um, it was shot bad and the acting was bad and it was written bad. And I, I don't think it's her fault, but you could just tell like, oh no, something's not right. And she's sort of fallen off. Like, I didn't even watch it. I must've watched the first few minutes and that was it. Um, so I think it wasn't that long after this. And then she was doing like, she was made an appearance in like scary movie seven or something like that. And then that was kind <laughs> of it. She was like off the map. She's, she certainly had like a vast career and I think it's, it's definitely like child star syndrome, isn't it? It tends to, tends to happen because she was doing stuff like in the nineties and mm. you know, it's, it's, 
difficult, isn't it? She would have been like what eleven, a parent trap, perhaps like yeah. twelve, so kind of that yeah. age. So it's it's you know it's not easy, is it, when you get into that life, probably surrounded by all sorts of creeps and weirdos and people giving you stuff that you mm-hmm. you don't want, but you take it because you kind of feel like you have to. So um, I think unfortunately she's a she's kind of a product of her surroundings, isn't she, and of the time, which is a shame. Whereas now as you know, as we're learning, these things still happen, but there there seems to be more uh, controls, or it's like it's at least being highlighted a lot more. So, yeah, hopefully it's getting better, particularly for kids. Absolutely, and and like I said, I think she seems to be doing well now, and uh, like hopefully, I think she's going to do more like Netflix Christmas movies and things because I think people feel good seeing her on screen and it feeling like oh yes good she's back she's familiar and like she's really good in this movie um so yeah it's really sad that that happened but glad that she seems to be you know doing well now i mean but she she's really she puts in a really good performance in this like she's very watchable she has that kind of quality about her and watching her go from being this kind of innocent uh, energy at the beginning to watching her be swayed through I guess like the validation that that comes with being one of the plastics or of having that power but she becomes super mean with it now, what, what do you think Lauren of uh, her character's journey in the movie yeah I mean I think you mentioned it earlier she just became obsessed um, and, you know, kind of lost sight of that she was turning into one of them because she was so focused on sabotaging them. And I remember when she told Janice, oh, I'm doing plastic sabotage tonight. And Janice is like, well, we don't have anything planned, you know? So she got to the point where like she was planning things and, um, you know, initiating these acts and didn't even realize that she was then acting like that and then she was you know telling Aaron like oh oh shut up and talking like them and I you know I feel like we've I don't know I've been around people before that all of a sudden I start talking like them and I kind of snap out and like oh I, I can't believe I was that's not me <laughs> right I'm just I'm just being a product of my environment um and I feel like that was mainly it but I don't feel like she was so desperate to like fit in at the beginning right where she would maybe fall prey to this like she was okay kind of figuring things out I mean everyone wants to be included and I think about that scene where she was in the bathroom stall eating her lunch because she couldn't find a table to to sit at um you know so I think on some level she yeah she was wanted to be included but I didn't get this like desperate feeling to fit in either with Janice and Damien, right, and sabotage the plastics or to be with the plastics. So, um, but I mean, I think she ultimately is a good person because at the end she kind of realizes, hey, this is the role I had in it. I'm going to own up to it and moving forward, I'm going to, you know, make these, uh, you know, try not to talk about people and make these amends moving forward. Shit. Like, I, I think her 
the the role of Katie in this is is very much um, uh, like she's there to break like the cycle of this and, and this routine and this feeling of obsession because everybody is obsessed with the the plastics and the girls and they are everything. She, she punched me in the face and it was like the best day I've ever had. You know, <laughs> there's the, there's there's all of those moments and all those little cutaway scenes and and people <laughs> that say those things that, and it's just like. Uh, crazy just crazy things like getting punched in the face is not a nice thing um certainly wouldn't be the best day i've ever had um and uh, what it is is it i I try to interpret it from more of a critical standpoint than 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 kind of see it as um like a film with lots of like things that wouldn't make it into films these days so like some of the comments are a bit um like too far for this day and age uh, and and inappropriate uh, and almost almost unacceptable but if you if you watch it for the film that it is you see um a young girl go to a school that's new heavily and massively over influenced by bad things that are happening and becoming more of a sort of teenager and a, a, an outgoing teenager that didn't really mix with these groups before and then becomes obsessed with it and then falls into this cycle of obsession. And it's about this cycle of everybody being obsessed with these girls and how bad they are and so on and so forth. But by the time we get rid of that burn book and everything is exposed, that all falls away. We kind of restore back to some sort of normal order and and a bit of kindness. Uh, Like even Regina at the end is like a nicer person. You know, there's, there's not that animosity or that weirdness between them um so it's about breaking that chain and breaking that cycle to so that others don't have to go through it in a in, in a way um but yeah she's is certainly like a, a an interesting premise i mean there's a lot of teen sort of films out there uh, and films that are like it but i think this one seems to stand out to a to a lot of people i, I see particularly um girls of a certain age or women of a certain age now that that when this would have come out would have been around kind of 16 as well so it holds it it holds weight to people doesn't it basically millennials this is millennial (laughs) this is gold gold to us millennials yeah i i think you put that put that perfectly because also katie has these friendships with Janice and Damien from the beginning like she should have just stuck with them and just not bothered with any of the plastic sabotage Mm -hmm. and Janice in some way has some accountability to take hold of there because she kind of uses Katie because Katie gets invited to sit down at their lunch table towards the beginning to sort of use her for her own vengeance Mm -hmm. and that kind of is part of what uh is the catalyst for for what happens it's not to say that she's the only reason but she she is part of it yeah i i think there's an element of that she does certainly hold a bit of that because actually what they want to do is expose them for how nasty they are by doing kind of a nasty thing so it's difficult it's kind of difficult teenage we can't think of a reasonable way of doing this so let's do you know this horrible thing but I, I think that's part of the fun of it as well it's supposed to be fairly light-hearted kind of tongue-in-cheek 
uh, teenage angst sort of mess, isn't it? Really, and and I think we get that. I think we do get a lot of that in this in this film. It's just like pure teenage driven craziness from from start to finish. But uh, I think it's good that we see that complete change in her. Like even her parents, like I don't know who you are. I just do not know who you are, mm. um, because she she goes so far to the other side and becomes this completely different creature that they don't recognize and then you know by the end of it she's kind of restored a little bit and uh, you know balance has returned the more we're talking about it the more relatable i'm actually finding it (laughs) (laughs) like when i watched it the other day i was thinking oh yeah no this is good And and there's a lot of the quotable moments and sort of memeable parts i was like okay 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 but i did i guess i didn't really think about it too tough and now that we're talking about it i'm like okay yeah this some of this is obviously exaggerated but is true to the actual experience okay i definitely had that felt lost and i bet my parents were probably like who the hell is this version of our child you know can we talk about the plastics can we talk about regina i mean i think she's probably i don't know lauren is she probably the most quotable part of the movie like her dialogue yeah i think so um one thing i want to say about rachel mcadams is i i guess i wasn't really aware of her until wedding crashers um at least in my mind that was kind of like her biggest movie and i had the hardest time believing that she was Regina in this movie like you really don't see it I mean the blonde hair too I mean but I just like couldn't wrap my brain around that I'm like that's not doesn't look like her but it is well Ethany said to me um so if this is wrong let's put it all on her (laughs) that Rachel McAdams actually auditioned for Lindsay Lohan's part originally Um, and didn't get that part but got the part of uh, Regina which I mean is equally as good as a part and she has had a really successful career a night a movie that I really like of hers is like a non-serious comedy movie is a game night have you guys seen that with um I'm blanking on the guy's name from Arrested Development Jason oh Jason Bateman yes it's with him uh, it's really fun. That's that's a fun one to watch. You haven't seen it either, Dom? No, I've not seen it either. I think you'd like it. And it's quite silly <laughs> in like a good way. And that's probably like, I don't know, maybe seven or eight years old, something like that. But yeah, and obviously she was in The Notebook, right? Which, are we going to have to cover that at some point? <laughs> I, I've also never seen it. I've only seen parts of it. <laughs> Ephany loves it. Obviously, Bevan loves it. Yeah. Um, from One Tree Hill. Lauren, do you love it? I used to love it a lot. I'd watch it in college with my roommate whenever we just needed to cry. You know, you just felt like, oh, I just have all this pent up emotion. I just need to get it out and watch that movie. I've read the book Don't. too, and the book's very good. You've read the notebook book? Yes. Of course, the book's was. better than the movie, right? Okay, now I didn't know. I didn't yeah. know that there were... Okay. Dom, would it sway you to know that Paul Johansson is in the notebook? Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, it, it doesn't sway me to want to watch it, but, I mean, it's a, it's a great thing that he's in it. Well, I think, he's in, I think he has a really small part, but he's in it because Nick Cassavetes, his friend, is the director. Mm-hmm. Right. 
So nice. That's cool. Well, okay. So, well, Dom, as a first-time watcher, what was your initial uh, reaction, thoughts of the plastics in general, and then obviously with uh, Regina as the the lead, let's say. Uh, again, it was just sort of stereotypical um, viewings of of what's kind of shown to us as a, as an American high school, um, which you know is probably not very true, but. I mean, as you explained, Lauren, it's almost not true at all, but um, they're just not very nice people in general. Uh, They're quite bitchy. Um, But yeah, the the plastics are, you know, particularly nasty. They're they're not very nice to each other. It's just like, how do they live in this world of so many rules um, and so much expectation and... Uh, and and try and be friends with each other when they're not really friends with each other. It's it's yeah, it's crazy. It must be it must be very lonely to live that life, to be honest, because you're constantly battling against each other all the time. Um, and if someone doesn't follow the rules, you can, they can't sit there. So even um, I- even when Re- Regina comes in and she's not wearing uh, the right thing on the right day, she's not allowed to sit with him and just like shouted at. Um, you can't sit uh, here. Yeah. Basically, <laughs> am I um, am I going to get told off? I think I didn't say it right. Is it you can't sit with us or you can't sit here? I know if I get that wrong, people. Are, Lauren, I'm looking at you as the expert. I you, you can't sit here. You, I don't. I don't know. I'm, I'm gaslighting myself. It's you can't sit with us. What did I say? You said both. Okay. Good. Yeah, <laughs> you covered us. all bases. <laughs> all bases yeah. covered. What's funny is that you got called the mean girl, and it's actually me that gets an angry at you if you haven't told me whether you're go- when you're going to have a haircut. I say that yep. you need to clear it with me. If you're wearing a new hoodie, if I haven't seen it yet, or if I'm wearing a, a hoodie that I I've worn before, you get quite upset. Unless it's the yeah, if I'm wearing my Slido hoodie, basically you get annoyed with me. If I'm wearing yeah, uh, Ravens one, it's kind of okay. Or if it's the Mighty Nineties one, it's fine. Well, that's because that's our podcast institution, and your work yeah. institution is not approved by me. No, I'm happy <laughs> that you're there, but it's it's not your primary, you know. Yeah, it's it's not the main focus, is it? Lauren, tell us more about the plastics. They uh, so fi- fin- finish off the plastics because we've we've talked a lot about Lindsay. We've talked a lot, like a fair bit about Regina, but tell us about the other two and and kind of their roles within within the film and uh within each other's kind of paths and story so there's karen um she's kind of the quintessential ditzy blonde um i can say that because i'm blonde but um <laughs> that's amanda seafried as well isn't it? i was surprised i was really shocked to see the 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 names that are in the film like hmm. in it as well it's really surprising um, yeah, and I mean, she kind of brings the comic release, like, at least to the movie, maybe not to the group, um, of, you know, just being kind of oblivious and dumb. Um, and then you have, uh, Gretchen, Gretchen Wieners. Her dad is the inventor of toaster strudels, which she is not scared to throw around. Um, and she seems a little bit more like, um, Regina's um, sidekick, right? A little bit like more desperate for her attention, um, and you know, I think that's like the first 
tie that they start breaking that really starts like kind of crumbling the plastics is getting Gretchen all upset that maybe Regina doesn't like her, doesn't want to be around her. Um, right. And they're on the phone and she said she wasn't going to go out, um, with Gretchen. Um, yeah. And it just seems like that's kind of like, that was the breaking point. And then she's trying to start spilling all Regina's secrets to Kate, to Katie. Um, um, yeah that's nice <laughs> good assessment of them definitely yeah. uh, i think there's that uh, like you, you're exactly right like with the like uh, 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 gretchen is kind of like the more uh, i'll do anything to be in this group i'm gonna i'm gonna i literally will lay down my life to 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 be able to follow regina like i'd walk into fire for her that kind of thing um uh, and the other one is it Karen did you say was that mm-hmm. the name of the other one she is just a bit uh simple especially when she has ESPN uh and she mm-hmm. can tell when it's going to rain when it's already <laughs> raining and yeah. you know she's very ditzy uh and a bit silly but uh, I think that it was done you know quite well like I think these types of characters are like I said it's like almost like caricatures of what you would expect in a high school and kind of the impression certainly that we get of what high school is like uh in the states uh, and very like pushed to the extreme car- mm-hmm. caricatures as well, uh, and even more so than like like we've mentioned Clueless already and, and other films of that kind of nature. Because we kind of look at like as One Tree Hill as an example, we we've got all those groups, but they're not to this like weird extreme. So it is interesting to see the the kind of separation of of, of everyone. Who would you say is your like who, who stands out to you in the film as as um like a favorite character or or someone that you you kind of think yeah fair play like or or like you appreciate them throughout the 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 film and has that changed has it changed from when you like first watched it to like now um i don't know if it's changed and also like you know not really when you're watching a movie and you're getting ready to podcast it or even an episode of one tree hill like you're looking at it a very different lens than when you're just casually watching it um so i don't think it's changed necessarily um you know definitely not any of the plastics i don't feel like i can relate to um you sure (laughs) (laughs) yeah right um (laughs) i mean i really like damien i thought he said funny things like uh when he was in the girls' bathroom and the girl was like, what are you doing in here? And he's like, Danny DeVito, I love your movies. So I think he was <laughs> pretty witty. Um, so I, I liked him just for the comic, comical aspect of it. And that's typically people I choose if people I think like are witty and funny. So he's my favorite character. Um, I don't know. How about you, Simon? I liked Gretchen, I thought was funny, and the whole, like, you can't sit with us thing, I thought was uh, was really good. It's difficult, because, oh, I, I like Tina Fey's character. Oh, I like the, uh, I like the, the mathlete, who's also the MC, oh. of course. <laughs> Kevin G. <laughs> yeah, he's the best, he's the best, and because he also, he knows who he is, he knows what he likes, and the mathletes was is really cool and i like that he has no shame in it and wants to get the cool jackets and they literally double their funding if they can have a girl on the team so i think he is probably my favorite character what about you dom 
Uh, I'm not sure. Like the the principle was okay. I, I I'm almost certain it was a masturbation joke right at the beginning. The when carpal tunnel. Tina, the carpal tunnel uh, <laughs> joke. I got I got carpal tunnel again. I was like, okay, fair enough. Um, and uh, yeah, if you ever need anything like any help when she's basically got shirt over her head um after the coffee spill um that was like oh okay right but he he's he's quite entertaining i think tina fey is like the the sort of school teacher it must be quite weird writing a film and then casting yourself as like i wonder if she wrote that in a particular image or like with a particular with particular people in mind and then she's playing the teacher who's going through like the worst year of her life, like the divorce and she has three jobs and she's selling drugs when she's not selling drugs and, you know, getting in trouble and suspended and all sorts. So, um, yeah, it's certainly like interesting, but she's not actually in it as much as you would kind of expect, like with her sort of popularity and fame and um, having written the film. But um, I, I do like the fact that we get this full circle of Lindsay, like Lindsay Lohan, of, of Katie when she goes round. But um, I think probably her friends, like Damien and Janice, mm-hmm. did we say? Janice, oh, sorry, like really terrible remembering names. Um, I, I think that the the two of them are probably like the strongest kind of characters that are like just on the outside edge that really explain everything. And, and they help, as a first time watcher, them explaining everything to her is kind of like them explaining everything to me. So it, they helped so I, I kind of picked those two as like two favorites of the film excellent uh i was at the 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 scene where everybody in the mall is doing like the animal scene mm. like recreating the animal kingdom i thought it was really good um oh and they do it in the canteen right as well don't mm-hmm. they and the guy that's playing the love interest Aaron, Aaron, he does a really good job of being an animal. Like I already noted him as doing a good <laughs> animalistic sort of noises and things. I thought that was that there were like good stylistic choices, um, and, and there was some good some good points in there. I mean, th- let's talk a bit about the the ending of the movie. I mean, Dom, as a first time watcher, were you completely shocked when Regina gets hit by the bus? Yes absolutely came out of nowhere you don't even hear it coming crazy i was just not expecting that at all suddenly she's there one second and then this huge yellow bus comes and smashes her to pieces and you think well that's well that's the end of that then but she's fine and in recovery and all sorts but yeah completely unexpected (laughs) uh lauren did do you remember your first reaction to that or also the sort of psych out of the second time that a bus hits someone but it's not really you know the sort of fake out moment yeah i I thought she was actually dead and i'm kind of they don't really make it know what happened like but i feel like she no way you could survive that right You'd think so, but she's back there with like the headgear, like holding her neck in place and everything. Yeah, I mean, it's... <laughs> we just disdain, you know, some disbelief mm-hmm. there. Um, but there, there is a really nice moment where um, Katie breaks the the plastic tiara and is handing parts out and is being really kind to like the girl in the wheelchair and then passing it out to Regina and everybody else is her kind of way of 
saying that none of this really matters and that everybody has value and everybody should feel special and it's not about just having this elitism of having this one sort of male and female as being like head of everything and that everybody is important and it shouldn't be so uh, focused on this hierarchy so it is a nice way to to end to end the movie i mean what what did you guys think about that as a device for settling some of the beef let's say it kind of clears it all up doesn't it it's kind of like you you don't have to be a a certain way you can do this you can do that you can kind of do anything um and yeah it's it's a good like rounding off of 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 the film and everything that's happened previously and, and and a good explanation i i also think it's a good explanation to uh the audience as in like if there are young people watching it you don't have to be like that you could be courteous and kind and nice to people and still be popular and you know have a good time and in, enjoy things and you know do whatever do sports or not do sports or what you know um you don't have to pigeonhole yourself into like a particular group and be nasty with it um so I, I think it was a good message at the end yeah i mean that's one thing i think about now is i wish i knew back in high school what i know now is just like don't go along with the crowd just because they don't like somebody you know and i don't think i necessarily bullied anyone you know or maybe participated in what things people were saying but you know i definitely like shun those people that got that criticism and you know silence is complacency so you know that's what I feel guilty about and I kind of wish that yeah my younger self knew that and it doesn't it doesn't matter but I mean you're young and you live and you learn but it's not it's not worth like getting caught up and you know ganging up on a group of people or one person. This this film is also like um, kind of quoted a lot, shall we say, and has a lot of quotes within it. So, what's your favorite quote from the film? Like one that stick, like one that you remember or that you would say, or ooh, there might not be one. That's a hard one. <laughs> like as I mentioned, I've certainly had the. You go, Glenn Coco, and I'm like, what the fuck is that? Actually, um, somebody has um, their Wi-Fi name is you go, you go, Glenn, Glenn Coco. It's one around me. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, just while you're thinking, just yeah. to say to your previous point, you also like I feel like that a lot as well. Sometimes is I wish that previous versions of myself would know what I know now but um a great quote that I quote from Ethany all the time is you can't go through life already grown you know you you don't come out the womb knowing this stuff you have to accumulate it through a lifetime of experience and trial and error and the most important part is that you get there eventually you know and and that once you know better you do better because so often sometimes people can be shown the way and they don't quite accept it yet and that just means it's not their time to know it you know it's like you can um, just to quote everybody around me except myself my dad always says you can only lead a horse to water you know you can't make it drink and that's 
so people can only accept that knowledge when they're ready to accept it so mm-hmm. you know we all have things that we wish we could could go back and change but what can you do you can only get there when you get there so just be happy that you got there now tell us your quote um this this one just sticks in my head because it's uh they used it about my football team the the Steelers um so the quote is quit trying to make fetch a thing um because last year in the Steelers we got we got a quarterback who had been around the the league for a while and of course our coach started him and he just wasn't cutting it and we had like this you know fresh rookie untested on the bench and you know but he was just hell-bent on playing this this old quarterback and one of the memes was uh coach quit trying to make mitch happen and his name is mitch Trubinsky. um so that kind of sticks in my mind of why <laughs> nice. uh, why i think it's funny but i mean there's so many good quotes in it what, what about you, Dom? Did you have anything that stuck out as being quotable? The only thing is you googling Coco because it's the only thing that I was familiar with. Um, so I'll stick with that. What about you? Any for you? Uh, not not that I can really think of. I the ones that I see all the time is like, um, oh, I gave him a pen or a pencil, or I told him the date, and it was. Like the one that was quoted earlier on our Patreon, it's like it's the third of October or whatever. Yeah, I've seen that those ones quite quite a lot, but they also remind me of Superbad a little bit. And Superbad kind of it doesn't like parody this or anything, but it has bits in it. There's the bit where McLovin's like, "I told her the time," you know, and all <laughs> those kind of things. Um, there's a movie theater near me in Austin, and they have. Um, they'll play older movies and kind of do like a movie party and make it themed. And they're doing one for Mean Girls on October 3rd. And they probably started advertising me in August. It's already sold out. That's cool. I mean, there's just such a following, right? Especially like around our age. Yeah, it's like cult. So let's talk to that before we get into our judgment section. Uh, so we don't do judgment, full on judgments. We just do out of 10 for... Uh, personal and sort of film critic objective and subjective but let's talk about why do we think that this has so much staying power why is this kind of like a a cult classic i mean what what do you think lauren like how why is this not gone not to say that others like shizzle that and 10 things i hate about you because they also have that kind of staying power but what is it about this that remains in people's hearts and minds I mean, I think it's like you said earlier, like maybe people relate to it. I mean, maybe a lot more than they actually realize. Um, and it is more to the extreme. Like, I mean, I necessarily wasn't my high school, but, you know, seeing it so embellished in such a comical light. Um, yeah, I mean, that definitely helps. But I th- yeah, I guess it just must be relatable. What, I wonder if high school's think? like that now, right? I mean, with social media and all that and, you know, all these anti-bullying campaigns and things like that. Like, I have no idea what it's like now. But, um, you know, maybe kids now don't relate to it as much because it wasn't so... Um, maybe the clicks weren't the same, right, as they are now. 
yeah i imagine it must be so different like in terms of yeah like online bullying is such a prevalent prevalent thing and uh like people literally have a quantitative number to show how popular they are by how many followers they have and and all those kind of things um it's uh and people put in this facade on social media of what their life is like compared to what it's actually like and there must be it must be so complicated like these extra layers on top of what Mm -hmm. the experience was that we had like you've got you can't really escape it right at least where if you didn't have a good day at school at least you would go home and you were somewhere else where i guess where if you have a bad day at school and you go home it's still all there on social media Mm -hmm. um so i imagine it's probably harder but hopefully also maybe we can have some faith in the youth maybe there's some awareness of how these things can affect people and hopefully you know people are um more conscious of how they're acting or what 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 do you what do you think dom on what what your takeaway is I mean, it's a really good question. Like you, you talked about the staying power of the film, and I think it, it sort of, as a generational thing, I think it does carry over. It does carry forward. We do have these segments in in school and society, and as much as I think the world is trying to be a more inclusive place, uh, and and you know, accepting, I, I think that that these things still exist, and these moments of, you know separation and you know segregation if you want to call it that um they they do exist and you're exactly right about uh you can't escape it funny enough I, I spoke to i was talking to a friend of mine and said exactly that earlier it's just you could you can because he, he's got two kids and what one's at school and wasn't having a particularly good time and stuff and i said it was it was easy in our day because you know as soon as school was over you went home and that person couldn't get to you until mm-hmm. the next day you know um, but now they can they can get to you all the time so yeah, it's really interesting. I, I think the the staying power of this film, how popular it is, is it certainly um, kind of speaks a lot to the the kind of storyline. I think if you dig a bit deeper, rather than just picking out the silly lines and the ridiculousness and the kind of cutaway scenes, or I got punched, you know, the, I got punched in the face by her, and it was like the most wonderful thing ever in the world. I think if you take it as the most like caricatured, ridiculous version of itself, and and see and see that and and kind of enjoy it for that then that that kind of makes sense as to why it's kind of lasted and it's kind of poking fun of that kind of school environment society whatever uh and also giving a good message at the end that you can break out of that you know there there is there are worse things that are going on in the world like with the teacher for example you know her situation is much much worse compared to what the kids are going through but nobody really cares uh, uh, about her storyline because it's not important is it to 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 the kids at the time but actually she's gone for a divorce is having to do extra jobs to to make money to be able to afford a house and so on and so on and that's you know like seemingly much more important probably from our perspective because we're (laughs) that age and have those struggles but from the kids perspective they couldn't give a shit that's not an issue you know so it really does show a good divide and separation of what is and isn't important and and to the different groups so that's probably why it's lasted so long mm-hmm. 
Great points, great points. Well, before we get to our final judgments, which, uh, as we said, will be our subjective and objective ratings, if you enjoyed this episode of the podcast... How could you not? Then check us out, ravenshoops.net. Why, Dom? Because basketballs go through... Hoops? But, Lauren, they also go through... Nets. Ravenshoops.net. That is our Patreon page. You can find all of our extra content on there and you can get early access to episodes, all of those good things. And if you can join that for as little as $1 a month, but also if you want to support the podcast for free, then you can do so by leaving a five-star review and writing some nice words. It's really appreciated. It helps us to spread the podcast to more people and hopefully share the passion for movies and TV shows that hopefully we all collectively enjoy. Let's talk about our judgments. So, Lauren, let's start with you. What is your... We're looking for two ratings out of ten. Subjective, what does it mean to you from a personal stance? And then objective, looking at it now from 2023 with your film critic hat on, what do you give it out of ten now? Yeah, I like that you kind of segregate that or granulate it a little bit because I feel like on a subjective level, it's a nine. I mean, like also I said, I'm not into a lot of movies um, and I like comedies. So a nine for that and just kind of the the evergreenness of it and the, you know, the quotability of it. Um, objectively, uh you know, six, seven, maybe seven. Uh, definitely, like we said, some things don't hold up as far as, um, you know, some racism and uh, gay slander they've used. Um, you know, and it's, it's against other, like, actually highbrow movies, it doesn't really hold up. But, you know, if you take it at face value, um, I think it's a seven. Excellent. Dom, same questions. Well, I'm not going to give it a subjective rating because I only watched it yesterday. <laughs> so I don't have any like real history with the film, any feelings with, um, of it beyond sort of yesterday and this point. Uh, but objectively, um, I think there's definitely some interesting talking points. Um, I don't think it holds up too great with some of the comedy elements that they put in that are now a little bit um too far the wrong way um you, you know there's a like the the homophobic language and there's some, some racial connotations and things like that that wouldn't make it uh today but i i understand like the the reason and the reason that the longevity of the film which we talked about already so i think i'd probably give it a six i think a six is fair considering i'm i have no like real attachment to the film um and it does just seem to last so yeah nearly 20 years of this film continuing to last and, and still going so yeah i think i think six is about right uh, and yours simon yeah both both good um it's hard i don't i don't really have like a subjective personal attachment to the film i think if it was on tv like I would let it play 
Like I'd be, I'd be happy to, particularly if I was trying to fall asleep at night, like I, and this doesn't really happen here, but like at home, but when we're on holiday and it's like American TV, and so Lauren, it's probably a weird thing to hear, but when we like go on holiday somewhere and if it's in America or in like the Caribbean or somewhere where it's like American TV, it's kind of a treat. I, I like, I enjoy we enjoy watching the American commercials and all of the things. It's very, it's like different to British TV. And if this was playing and I was trying to fall asleep, I'd be like, oh yeah, just, just put this on. It would be like comforting noise in the background where it doesn't matter if I've fallen asleep or I'm not taking it that serious. So from that perspective, I'd say, yeah, maybe I'm dancing between a six and a seven around there. I'll, I'll go with the seven. And then from a critical standpoint definitely there are things that that hit the ear that didn't feel comfortable um and that is sad and and i don't like that like i like to feel good with a film where it's like uh like you can have these like not very nice language in there as long as we're villainizing it right as long as it's like well it's with a purpose so that we don't like this character or, or whatever it is but it's not we can't say that it's done like that because it's all over the shop so mm-hmm. from that perspective yeah maybe six six i think is probably right um if they made it now i think it would be different there there are points though that i see why it has the staying power and i and I like that other people like it. Like I have an appreciation when people enjoy things um, because we enjoy things and I enjoy things. And that is the most important part. So, yeah, I think Mean Girls, good. And thank you, Lauren, for choosing it. Thank you for being here and being a guest on the podcast. It's always great and fun to have you here. So, yeah, a really great conversation and yeah uh, did you know there is a mean girls too i feel like i do i don't i definitely haven't seen it me neither dom no interest in seeing mean girls too i assume (laughs) i've never seen it either i don't think it has i don't think it has any of the original cast in it Um, that i'm aware of 2011 Ooh. It looks like Emma gap. Stone's sister's in it, Jennifer Stone. It looks exactly like her. Who is she playing the main role? Is that? Um, I don't. I don't know. I mean, no, I don't know. <laughs> it's hard to tell. I only saw that because I rented it on Amazon, and it just came up as like suggested afterwards. Now I watch Mean Girls too. I was like, who knew? Who knew it was there? Yeah, I wonder if it kind of goes off the rails. Like, I mean, Home Alone 2 is good, but after that, when you guys podcast the rest of them, they're, you know, trash, basically. I wonder if it's like that. That's true. Home, yes. Wait, one one of them was fun, or one of them made us laugh anyway. Was it Home is Alone? Is it the most recent one, I think? Sick. Oh, that was sick. There must have been Home Alone 5 then, I think. It was like the one that was, <laughs> yeah, not good, though. No, not good. <laughs> But there you go mean girls 2 is a thing if anybody is interested and let us know in the comments on patreon what you think of mean girls i think we need to express mm-hmm. that avenue of communication more so let us know your thoughts we want to know and enjoy the conversation dom any closing remarks on this conversation 
just thank you to Lauren for uh, choosing the film and joining us and uh, for great insight and a great conversation. And thank you for joining us as always. It's always great having you on. And thank you guys. Always the best part of my week. Seriously. Wednesdays. Thank you. Not just because we wear pink. (laughs) There we go. There we go. Well, how Dom, how are you going to do this? Who are you going to be? How are you going to take us out of this podcast? Should we just good old fashioned high school Ravens child? I like just the okay, yeah. I like it. Go for it. Yeah, go for it. But you got you got to lead us in it though. You ready, folks? You ready? Yeah. Go Glen Coco. We're gonna do Ravens on three. One. Yep. Two. Okay. Three. Ravens. Ravens. The Ravens. Ravens. <laughs> <laughs> I just never know what to do anymore. <laughs> <laughs>